I'm sorry, Canada. I'm sorry, Canada. My tweet was pretty mean to you guys. I know. It's just, it's a shame because, like, I was actually mad. I was trying to get mad for Canadians, for Leafs and Canadian fans. Basically, I tweeted out a video on the hockey dudes saying how upset I was that Actually, no, I was just straight up saying it was really embarrassing that Canada doesn't have fans at their Stanley Cup playoff games. Canada, like, you claim hockey as your national pastime. And all I hear all the time is how it's Canada's sport. Like, it's not, like, you guys don't even have fans at your playoff games. You guys don't even have fans at your playoff games. And I understand the situation in Canada is different than the United States. I looked it up. I did my research before I tweeted the video. Before I made the video, I did my research. I actually made two videos. The first video didn't get posted because I was driving while doing it. And I was like, this is kind of a bad look. Like, I don't want to be that guy that's like driving in the car recording a video, even though I was going through like... I was going like 10 miles per hour and I was clearly looking at the road in the video. I was like, nah, I'm not going to tweet it out. I'll tweet out the video where I actually take my time to think about what I'm saying. I took my time and thought about what I'm saying and I got more mad. I got more pissed that I'm watching Leafs and Habs game four right now on the screen on a Tuesday night and there's no fans there. Like it just, if I'm trying to choose between a game as a fan, as a casual hockey fan, like Ooh, am I going to watch Leafs and Canadians tonight? Or am I going to watch Preds and Canes? I'm choosing Preds and Canes simply from the sheer fact that they got fans at their games. It's way more satisfying. It's so much more satisfying to watch a game that fans are at. It's not even close. And like we just came off a year of having no fans at games and the games were still good, but you can't tell me like the refreshing like sight and sounds of having us. That's us. We're fans. Everybody's just like, we're all fans. And to have the fans back in the buildings just, is just pure electric, especially because like, I know there were fans in buildings for United States teams throughout the regular season. I went to a couple blue jackets games but like this is like the first time we're getting like full arenas i feel like just in time for playoffs that's awesome that's elite stuff out of the united states cuz here's the thing here's the other thing too the united states just gets constantly dummied like by the by the world news like we just get constantly slaughtered for bad bad news stories bad news bad events bad national events that happen over and over and over again. We handled COVID pretty, pretty 
poorly, I'd say, like in the beginning. And like here we are, 40% vax as a nation. And I think that's bragging rights to just crap on Canada a little bit. Like that's totally fair for us to crap on Canada. I that's just my opinion. I I don't know. Do better, Canada. Like do better. Get more people vaxxed so you can go to your hockey games so that they can just be like the Leafs and the Canadians. Like I said in my video, the most highly anticipated playoff series that we have and no fans, no fans. Could you imagine? It's just sad. It really is. I'll tell you just to get into it. Florida, Tampa Bay, they have fans. That's one of the series that I'm keeping an eye on. That's another highly anticipated series between two two Florida teams. First time ever meeting in the postseason. Both teams have been to the postseason multiple times. And now they're finally meeting for the first time. And we got fans back in the building for it. And I don't think Sunrise Florida has ever had more energy around it than they do right now. I don't think that the BB&T Center or whatever it is out there in sunrise 45 minutes away from downtown Miami has ever been more energetic and and they're not even at full capacity I still see like they still got the first three or four rows behind the player benches tarped off which totally makes sense like you can sacrifice three or four rows just to make sure that nobody gets COVID on the bench from somebody in the fans that's that's totally fine that's completely fine but going into last night's game Florida, the Panthers are down 3-1 in a series. Game five, uh, Bobrovsky has looked like crap. Dreger didn't look good when they put him in. So you go, I credit Joel Quenville. He he does what the fans tell him to do. Go to Spencer Knight. Go to Spencer Knight. Go to Spencer Knight. Why not? You got nothing to lose. You're playing the defending Stanley Cup champions. Put Spencer Knight in there. This guy, won a, he won a gold medal for the United States in the World Juniors just in December. He's, he's got to be somewhat clutch. Like, see what he can do, you know? And he becomes the youngest player to start his career with four straight wins. And now he has five straight wins after last night's 4-1 victory. He's 20 years old. He had a hell of a year, dude. Like, this guy's just going off. Like I said, a gold medal in the World Juniors. He pitched a shutout in the gold medal game against Canada. That's just, that's awesome. I won... I won money when he did that. They were plus USA was plus 165 back in December to beat Canada in the gold medal game. I put I put four big ones on it. I put four I put four big ones on it. I won I won six. I'm not gonna lie. I I was a little scared. I was like, you know, Canada they've been lighting teams up like ten nothing. Like they look they look pretty good. USA like just barely got by some teams in the world juniors and you know what? Screw it. I'm going to bet on my country and guess what? USA dummy Canada. Canada didn't even score a goal. And that was Spencer Knight was the goalie. And then he got, he went on to play in the division one playoffs for NCAA for Boston college. And now here he is in game five, the Stanley cup playoffs. He gets thrown into an elimination game at home in front of his home fans, an elimination game his fifth ever start as a goalie in the NHL. It's an elimination game against the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Wagoons of Wagoons in the Tampa Bay Lightning. And he goes out there and he pitches a 4-1 game. Now, granted, first playoff game, 
Um, first, first shot on goal doesn't go well. He gives one up, but hey, it was a two-on-one breakaway. It was two-on-one breakout. Like, what can you do? You know, brush it aside. First minute of the game, he gives up a goal. He comes right back and has 36 consecutive saves. And I think you're just thinking in your head at that moment, man, there's the guy that they're paying $10 million a year just watched like he he would have given up six goals in this game, probably. It's crazy to think about. Bobrovsky has been so bad in the playoffs. He's been so bad ever since he got to Florida. Like he just has not been the same player. Everybody kind of knows that. It's the it's the most overpaid, probably free agent signing that I've ever witnessed in my time of being a hockey fan. And I think uh, I think a good portion of people thought it was overpaid at the moment. I know certainly like I did as a Blue Jackets fan. I'm like he was good, but he wasn't the reason why the Blue Jackets swept the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was a huge part of it. He was the goalie during it. But like, it's not like he was Carey Price out there carrying the team. And speaking of Carey Price, I got the Montreal Canadiens Toronto Maple Leafs game. Um, granted, these Canadian series have still been good. I've still enjoyed watching the star power in them. I just like, it just makes me so upset that there's no fans. That's all. Like, it's just a little bit of an eyesore. You know what I mean? I, I was watching an NBA playing game. I was watching the Grizzlies and Warriors. I just tuned into the overtime because I had, I had the Warriors and the Warriors lost. So that was tough, but I, I tuned into the game and they still like Memphis still has that, like that bubble set up. Even though they they obviously didn't have bubble games in Memphis, they still got those like big screens on the sideline, and it just gave me like PTSD that I didn't want. Like I didn't want a flashback to like August bubble basketball at all, and that's exactly what I'm watching here in Montreal and Toronto. I'm watching like bubble hockey again, essentially. I just I, I want to let that go, man, and not just because my favorite team got beaten by the Tampa Bay Lightning, who I personally hate more than any other team in the NHL right now. I don't, first of all, I don't understand how some of you Blue Jackets fans have like Tampa Bay Lightning swag. It just, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like you're not a Blue Jackets fan. If you, if the Blue Jackets got eliminated and the first thing you did was, oh, Toronto just scored a goal. Nylander, this guy's good, man. He was good in the bubble last year. He's good in the bubble this year. And you are playing bubble hockey, by the way. But William Nylander steps it up in the playoffs. Unreal. Look at him skating towards the middle. Gives it up front. Oh, nope. That was... Who was that? It looked like it was Galchenyuk. Or no, Kerfoot. He throws it up to Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk behind the back pass to Nylander. And he brushes it by Carey Price. That'll be the only... Carey Price is going to give up two goals in this game. The Toronto Maple Leafs are either going to win this game 2 to 1 or the Canadians are going to win 3 to 2. It's it's one or the other. That will be the score at the end of this game. And if you're listening to this on Wednesday, you're probably laughing at my face cuz that didn't happen, but no, actually that's 100% what's going to happen. Either Toronto's going to win this game 2 to 1 or Carey Price is going to uh, Carey Price and the Canadians are going to win 3 to 2. Did you guys see that stat going around by the way? Carey Price, his goals for when he's goalie, 1.93. 1.93. That's this team. 
the teams that he's played for, and he's played for the Canadians his whole career. He's been to several playoff. He's been in several playoff appearances. His teams hasn't hasn't even averaged two goals a game. That's ridiculous. That's that's really sad. They had some other goalies in that list. I saw Craig Anderson and Peter Mrazek. They were like two point oh three and two point like three or something. That's tough for those two goalies. So Carey Price yet again. Montreal is not. They're gonna get eliminated at some point. I I thought Montreal would win this series, and they still obviously can. But their power play going into tonight's game, 0 for 12, they just don't look, they're just not buzzing the same way that they were buzzing last year when they played Pittsburgh in the first round. They're just not buzzing the same way. Sweater's still clean, though. Still the cleanest sweater in hockey, without a doubt, the Canadians. I mean, and it's even better when they're actually a good team. And and they're a good team. They're a good team. They're solid. They got some pieces. They got some pieces, and Carey, it's just like, it's just one of those things where are they ever going to get it done for Carey Price? I don't know. It's sad because Carey Price is one of the better goalies in the history of hockey, and he doesn't even have a good Stanley Cup playoff run to show for it. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals, and oh, what year was that? Was that like 2014 or something? I don't know. P.K. Subban was still on the team. He was buzzing. He was buzzing back when they went on that run and they played they play the Penguins. Did they play the Penguins in the ECF? I don't know. I don't remember. But the that Montreal Canadiens PK Subban was definitely the most elite. I don't know how we're getting on this topic. I was still talking about Florida and Tampa Bay. And you know, I think a lot of people... So, so okay, so Florida's down 3-2 now, going into Game 6. Game 6 is in Tampa Bay. And even though Florida has won two games in this series, people are still counting them out. They're still saying, yep, it was a, it was a fun run, Florida, but no way you win the next two. I don't know, dude. I don't know. When, when you put a new goaltender in, Spence, Spencer Knight, he's, he's playing with... <laughs> I don't think there's a more confident man in the world right now than Spencer Knight. Like that guy is just he's the he's the definition of a dude that is just having fun. I think there's sometimes players get to the top level of their profession like they get to the the highest level in sports. They go from college to pro. I think there's a, a few I think there's there's moments the moment once that player breaks through and finally plays their first few games, they're just newborns into the NHL. It they're just so starstruck and they're just so overtaken with emotion that they just like they just go brain dead. I think that's Spencer Knight right now. I think he's a guy that just he's just play, he knows he can't overthink things. Which is is quite is quite opposite of what you would expect. It's quite ironic. Like you'd think that you'd get to the NHL unless all you would do be doing is just having a million thoughts going through your head. But Spencer Knight is just he's he's so he's just turned it off. And I'll play some of his. This is a pretty. I, I'm I'm underselling how electric their atmosphere was. I mean, sunrises. It's buzzing. I mean, it is absolutely buzzing. They, I think they think they won the Stanley Cup. I know what that's like. As a Blue Jackets fan, you win a home playoff game, 
you think it's a Stanley Cup? I mean, uh, like the Blue Jackets, we were down 3-0 to the Penguins in 2016. We won game four to go down 3-1 going back to Pittsburgh. And I th- I thought, I was like, this is this is peak. This is it. Like, we're back. The Blue Jackets are back. The Coats, they got actually smacked in game five. I think they lost like 5-2. But there's that moment in time where you're just like, this is here. This is This is bliss. This is the closest I will get to God. Like this, this is, I'm breathing like he's in this place tonight. Start the rapture. We can, we can get it going. I've, I've lived long enough of a night of a life to see a home playoff win. That, that is, that was Florida fans. And here was Spencer Knight talking after the game again, 36 straight saves. They win four to one force a game six. Uh, He's 20 years old. Youngest player to ever win five straight games and to start his career. Just all around impressive stuff. Here here was the scene. Let's hear from the number one star. We send it down to Katie Goss. Well, Spencer, you made 36 consecutive saves to get a win in your playoff debut. The crowd loved you before the game. I think they love you even more now. What was going through your head in that start to tonight? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it starts with this. I mean, all the fans, I mean, geez, you guys were awesome tonight. But, uh, no, I thought we just played a great team game. And, you know, we really just emphasized having fun. Yeah, I think that's just what we did. <laughs> well, you, you've had a smile on your face from the very first puck drop, but were you nervous at any point leading up to tonight? Oh, uh, yeah, obviously it's your playoff debut, and, you know, Tampa's a great team, but... I just was trying to have fun, and, you know, it's still hockey, right? I mean, I'm on this ice every single day, and, and it's just a different setting, so. You guys had your backs against the wall. This is the first home playoff win since 2016. What does it say about the fight that this team has? Yeah, I think we just, we just you know, keep going. You know, it's obviously... Score starts at zero, and uh, I think we just try to have fun and work hard, and that's what we did tonight. Well, they're cheering your name, Spencer. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, thank Jess, you so much. up to you. Wow. I mean, and I didn't mean to have this thought right at the end of that, but how how does Sergei Bobrovsky have to feel? Like, here in... This is what he wanted. This is what he had when he was in Columbus. He had the people screaming his name at the end of a playoff game because he made big saves, because he forced that team to a victory, because he saved the season. And now Spencer Knight's doing that. That's got to be a little bit like just melancholy. That sounds like the right word. I I actually don't know the definition of melancholy, which – Kind of stupid of me to use it, but it sounds like that's what it feels like. Like, it's like, wow, holy crap, this moment is so great, and I couldn't be less involved in it. And the sad thing is, is that is supposed to be me. The Florida Panthers are paying for that to be me, and that's not. How strange does that have to feel? And, you know, people were talking about Joel Quenville. 
or people were talking to Joel Quinville, the media was, about the decision to start Spencer Knight and leave Sergei Bobrovsky on the bench. And he didn't really entertain the question, but he said, you all know what's going on here. Which is, don't read too much into that, but if you are going to read something into that, it's that very obviously Bobrovsky's playing like trash. And he's not the guy right now. And and there's no follow-up question to that of will he be the guy? No, that's not the question. Because in game six, tomorrow night, tonight, if it's Wednesday night, it's gonna be it's gonna be number 30. It's gonna be Spencer Knight. And he's gonna have a shot to make himself even a bigger name in the hockey world if he's not already. Because he's got game six at Amali Arena and a chance to force a game seven in a series that people want to go seven games, but nobody expects it to go seven games because I think people have seen Tampa Bay turn it on and score goals with ease, but that was different because Poprovsky and Dreger were the ones in net. Spencer Knight is just those guys. Look, Bobrovsky and Dreger played with, they played nervous hockey. Maybe they ate too much chicken before the game. Maybe that's an actual thing. Maybe Spencer Knight's a vegan and he doesn't even go near chicken. I mean, the guy is small. The guy, the guy is skinny, dude. Which go back, go back. I'm not gonna replay it again, but go back and listen to him. He sounds like he's like a 32-year-old vet. Like, ah, uh, yeah, his easy, easy stuff, you know. Like he just he just has this coolness about him. Spencer Knight, the dude, man. I, I think the guy is set up to have a long career. I think Obviously, I think the only thing that can stop him from having a good career is injuries. I mean, he's played good hockey at the highest level at every age he's been at. I mean, Boston College, World Juniors, he's won a gold medal. This this guy's going to be good, man. Now he's gotten playoff hockey experience, and he can't even drink, can't even order a beer. It's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Good for him, though, man. I, I'm really excited to see where Florida goes in this one. It should be it should be a good rest of the way. Yeah, that's one I'm gonna keep my eyes on for sure. And now let's get now let's get into some sadness. This is another this this whole episode is just L's for Canada because even though this is two Canadian teams, Canada's child boy, Connor McDavid, getting eliminated in four in four games for the second year in a row in the first round, getting bounced. And I think this is the I think this is Connor McDavid's third time in the playoffs. And for him yet again to be playing at the level he plays at in the regular season and not even see a second round game, not even actually see a win in the postseason. They get sweeped by Winnipeg. And you know, uh, let's take the light off Connor McDavid for a second. Let's put let's put the light on Blake Wheeler because that dude <laughs> Like one thing you can't account for when you talk about Connor McDavid losing to the Winnipeg Jets is you can't account for Blake Wheeler's jewels because that man put his whole sack on the line. Literally, <laughs> he he steps in front of a shot. I think it was in the first overtime and he just takes one straight to the nads. And and and, and you don't see it right away because obviously it's happening in fast motion and you're getting that broadcast sideline view. But then when you look at the replay, like you see him scrunched over skating off the ice and you're thinking in your head before they show the replay is 
that one probably hit him in the balls. I, I didn't see it, but based off the way he scrunched over, that one probably hit him in the nuts. And then they go and replay it, sure enough, straight to the nads. Tough shot, dude. That is that's tough. <laughs> that's, I gotta I gotta be honest. I like I I'm not taking the same shot. I'm not I'm not taking half the shot in my beer league hockey games that he's taken. But when I when I'm in, when I find myself in front of a shot at the few times that I actually do step up to block one, I'm taking my right hand and I'm covering that area. Because here's the thing. I'd rather break my hand than break my nuts cuz I've heard some horror stories. There's been guys in the NHL that have told horror stories. I think Charlie I think it was like as recently as Charlie McAvoy on Spin Chicklets this past winter told a story about what happened his rookie year and how he had to go to the hospital over it and just all kinds of crazy. Like, dude, if there's one thing you don't want to mess up, it's that area, man. Everybody wants to have kids. I no, not that's not true. I know some guys that don't want to have kids, but everybody likes the thought of possibly one day having kids. Everybody's open to that. You don't want to close that door on a slap shot. But Blake Wheeler, apparently the dude already has three kids, and he came out and said, hey, I'm done. I'm done having kids. I'll I'll sacrifice my jewels for a Stanley Cup. I'll do it. Good for him, man. Honestly, it definitely softens the pain of seeing the Oilers get bounced. It, dude, it softens the pain of Mike Smith at the end of the game after that overtime goal scored by Kyle Connor. That was tough. That was a scene that you probably never want to relive as an Oilers fan, as a, and you know, just talking about Mike Smith, he signed a one year deal with Edmonton for this year. He's got, I mean, he'll be a free agent obviously at the end, you know, now that the season's over 39 years old, he's bounced around a ton. He's, he's had a great career, man. I mean, he really has. 283 NHL wins to 254 losses. Uh, a, a goals against average of, of 2.69 for his career. Save percentage of 0.912. So 91% on saves. Just just sad watching him, you know. I don't think it was his fault. I don't, I don't think you can pin the series on him. I think, obviously, there's stronger goaltenders out there. Better goaltenders out there. We just I just talked about one for 15, 20 minutes in Spencer Knight. But I don't think you can pin this series on him. I don't think Mike Smith accounted for. I, he had nothing to do with Blake Wheeler's balls. He had nothing to do with Blake Wheeler's balls. And apologize to anybody that... I See, I'm at a weird place when I'm talking about balls. Because obviously when I'm around somebody... In person, I will say the word balls. Like, this is the hockey dudes. I assume if you're coming here, you're not coming here, you know, for formal information. You're coming here just to kind of just turn your brain off, hopefully, and just think about hockey. That's that's how I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk like I'm talking to you, like you're like you're sitting across the room from me. So balls, it's balls. Mike Smith didn't account for Blake Wheeler's balls, and Mike Smith didn't account for the fact that Connor McDavid wasn't going to score a single goal in the five overtimes he played because that is a thing 
That is a thing. And I think the Winnipeg Jets did a good, a good job of shutting him down and Leon Dreisaitl down that they just kind of pinned their focus on them and the rest of the Edmonton Oilers really couldn't figure out how to play on their own. They couldn't create their own offense. But Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, like those are the guys that they they they're the they're the best, the top five easily in the league, easily, easily, on uh, objectively, objectively, they're top five in the league. Personal opinion of. Oh, I don't know. Every fan out there, Connor McDavid is the best player in the National Hockey League. He scored over 100 points in 56 games this year. He's he's sick, and it seemed like every week he was on a highlight tape of him having this sick, miraculous goal, and then he gets to the playoffs, and it just it's not the same thing anymore. Leafs go up 2-0, by the way, over Montreal. Not good. Not good for Montreal. It, it's... It's not at the point where I'm asking the I don't know. The question that everybody's asking today is does is Connor McDavid is is he a is Edmonton a good fit for Connor McDavid? It's it's no different than what the conversation has been before with him, but it's certainly the conversation now to the point where media was even asking about it. Here here's the media asking the question about his future with Edmonton. Now, there's a narrative that's you know usually comes from the outside that if you know the others don't having don't start having playoff success, then Connor's going to become unhappy in Edmonton. I'm wondering if if you could address where you stand on that, what your patience level is. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's that's not the case uh, at all. Um, you know we have a we have a great core here. You know Leon and 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 Nursey, um, Nuge, Lars. I mean these are guys that. Uh, you know, I've kind of kind of grown up with, and and uh, um, you know, we want to see this thing through together, and, and we want to do this thing uh, do this thing right. Um, you know, as a as a group, um, you know, it's special to be able to to play with these guys, and and um, you know, I think uh, you know, it feels like we're 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 light years away, but it, but but we're a lot closer than than. Than I think uh, you know it feels today. I agree with that. They are a lot closer than they think. I mean, shoot, they they lost the last. The first game was what three to one, and then the last three games were overtime losses. Like, the, and the and two of the games they were leading in the third period. In so yeah, they're a lot closer. They they should have won this series. Even still, I'm gonna say that. Oh, Leafs! Oh, Leafs scored again. Joe Thornton, Jumbo Joe. Leafs are rolling. Leafs are. Rolling. Um. So I mean, that's good news, though. If you're if you're an Edmonton fan, that Connor McDavid, you know, he at least for now. I mean, he's what is he gonna say? I mean, he he he's contracted. He's a, he's contracted with Edmonton until the year 2026. So he's got a few more seasons left to play for you guys. Obviously, he doesn't have a lot of freedom. Although players have proven that they can do pretty much whatever they want. If they just say that they're not going to play, you know, GMs are going to do, they're just going to trade them and to a place that they probably want to be in. So granted, he does have power. He's the best player in the league, but like to see him, you know, at least in media still, at least in media right after a playoff loss, saying that he's still committed to the team. That's, that's good news, but that, okay. So if you're still committed to the team, if this is your team, then 
I'm going to put it on you a little bit. Like, you should still be playing playoff hockey right now if you're the best in the league. It's it's ridiculous, man. Like, what, just because he's the best in the league and just because he had 100 points in 56 games, people can't be critical of how he played in the postseason? He didn't play good. He didn't. He didn't score any goal, any big goals. At the least, you could say he's not clutch. Like, five overtime periods. I, I One. One overtime goal. One overtime point. It's just ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know. And this is the second straight year where they lose. They get upset. They got they got beaten in the play-in against Chicago. It's just ridiculous, man. I, I don't know where to go with him right now. I, I He's so young, though. He's 24, so there's no fret. There's no calling him out. I know people put so much pressure on him. And how about how about uh, that news with Wayne Gretzky stepping away from the Oilers today? That was kind of crazy. I, I I didn't even know he was on like the vice president of vice president chairman whatever. He was even doing anything with the Oilers. I assumed he was doing something, but I didn't know it was a, a significant enough of a role that he had to leave in order to go to TNT, which is what he's doing now. Hockey's going to be on TNT. He's going to be, I assume, a broadcaster or a color analyst. That's going to be cool, man. I I'm excited for the future of this game. I really am. This is I it's got me feeling really good and it's been really easy just being so involved in what's going on. It, it's been really cool. But yeah, sad for Connor McDavid, man. Just sad for the Oilers in general. But I mean, I don't know what to tell you guys. You, you got dummied. You got you got sweeped. That's tough. I mean, as a Blue Jackets fan, we've gotten sweeped before, but also the Blue Jackets have never had the best player in the league. So, I don't know. I Obviously, good for you Oilers fans. I'm not saying go for Connor McDavid's throat. Keep him happy. Continue to worship him. That's That's fine. That's what you guys do. But, you know, maybe things would have been different if you would have had hockey fans at the building. Maybe... If Roger Center was was buzzing a little bit more, maybe maybe the Oilers wouldn't have gotten bounced. Maybe one of Canada's most talked about entertaining teams would still be in the playoffs right now. Just sad, man. Just sad to see what happened. And then the Mike Smith, like just to go back. I mean, heartbreak. Like obviously, you see teams get eliminated, but to see the way Mike Smith, just to see his nonverbals after Kyle Connor scored that goal was just really sad. <laughs> you just like, it was like, it's just sad, man. I'm a big Mike Smith guy. I like Mike Smith. I, I like that he plays a little bit on the edge as a goalie, you know, comes out of the net. Speaking of coming out of the net and playing on the edge, Tristan Jari, what was he doing for Pittsburgh, man? I mean, it's a 2-2 game. Pittsburgh has looked good. And he just sauces one right up the middle to Eberly and or no, to Josh Bailey, excuse me, in overtime of last night's game. He buries it and all of a sudden the the Penguins are facing an elimination game in New York tomorrow night. That's cra- that's crazy to me. That's I really thought Pittsburgh was gonna win this series a little easier than what they're making it look like. And now I don't think they're gonna win this series. Well, I didn't think they were going to win the series before. To be fair, I went on my friend Trevor Harris's podcast, the Upper Bowl podcast, and I said that the Islanders would win that series just because I don't like the Penguins. And I don't think the Penguins have been... They've lost a lot of playoff games the last two years, man. So I don't think it was that hot of a take, and it's proven. Like, even though they have played good enough to win, 
the, like the Islanders are a tough team. And I think Pittsburgh's been the better team and shown that when they want to be, they, they can take over a game. They've just, now they're down three, two. It's a good series. And you know, you know, the barn, you know, the college is going to be, it's going to be buzzing. It's going to be buzzing. Had a chance of beating the Pittsburgh Penguins in back-to-back years. That's tough. Got a little rivalry going here. And uh, just to wrap up the last game, Jordan Eberle scored a goal halfway through the third period. Good back and forth in OT. Then, um, and Tristan Jari makes one of the worst plays of all time. Like I said, he throws it right up the middle to Josh Bailey instead of going on the boards. You can tell Tristan Jari like hesitated a little bit, like shook left and then looked up the middle and decided to give it right, right to Josh Bailey. Josh Barry buries it. Um, that's 30 points in the last three playoffs years for Josh Bailey. That leads the Islanders. I wouldn't have thought that, but Hey, Josh Bailey, Mr. Playoffs. He's earned that title. He's earned that title as Mr. Playoffs and Ilya Sorokin. He looked amazing last night. I mean, that guy's good. He stopped like he stopped 40 shots, only gave up two goals or 48. He had 48 saves the other night, only gave up two goals and yeah, I, I think New York's that they're just playing with a little bit more confidence right now than Pittsburgh. And I think they got the better goalie. Tristan Jari's played good. He's played good, but not as good as Sorokin has. So I think I think the Islanders get that thing done on Wednesday night. I just want to point out though, I'll I'll move on from this topic with the the Islanders and, and Penguins. I just want to remind everybody that Pittsburgh totally lost this game because they were all they wore all yellows. That's they're putrid. And I heard a friend say that he really likes the all yellows. No, no, you can't convince me that an all yellow uniform should ever be worn. Uh, the Preds can wear all yellow. That's fine. That's their that's their thing. But when the Pitts, when Pittsburgh wears all yellow, it just doesn't make sense when they have, and I'm saying this as a Blue Jackets fan, one of the best hockey uniforms in the league in their black and yellow. I see that, and I just think of three Stanley Cups. That's just what I think of. I think Sidney Crosby, he plays worse when he wears all yellow, for sure. Like, I, the whole Penguins team plays worse when they wear all yellow, and they played better than the Islanders yesterday, and they still lost the game. Like, they probably would have won that game five to one if they had their black uniforms on. Like that's just I'm being completely serious, by the way. Like one hundred percent serious. Look good, play good. Deion Sanders, he said that. And they didn't look good. They, like how could anybody think that those all yellows look good? They don't. It's just yellow is just an ugly color. And I I think Nashville pulls it off. I, I think they looked a little bit better in it when they had the blue helmets. Because that's what they wore when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's kind of the team that, like, that's what got Nashville buzzing. And then all of a sudden they started wearing gold helmets. And it just is a little too much yellow, like, obviously. I just, I don't like the all yellow. Yellow yellow domes just don't look good. I don't know what to say. I'm a Lions fan, so that's probably why I don't like the all yellow domes. You guys know what I'm talking about, NFC North fans. Yellow, not a good look on the lid. Not a good look on the lid in any circumstance, really, truly. Um, but yeah, so game six tomorrow or Wednesday, if you're trying, um, I'm just going to just congratulate the New York Islanders for moving on. I don't think there's any way to, if they lose that game, it's going to because it's going to be because of Sidney Crosby 
or Evgeny Malkin. That play that Crosby had in overtime against the Islanders was, look, look it up. Just go back and watch game four, the overtime chance that the Islanders had right before Brandon Tanev scored his goal, and Sidney Crosby gets his stick on a play when Jari was way out of the net, and he just, Sidney Crosby's just, he's so good. I I don't, I personally do not do a good enough job at setting time aside and watching him play in the playoffs. I need I need to be better at that. Um, but granted, I do still think Pittsburgh and New York is a better series to watch than than any of the Canadian series because there's fans in the building, even though the teams in the Canadian series interest me more. I like to have fans in the building. So Canada, just to wrap this up, do a better job. Seriously, you guys are... It's embarrassing. It's just embarrassing because COVID, like, like COVID was a big world issue that a lot of countries gave the United States flag for for having our cases way up. But here we go. We got we got fans back. We got forty percent backs, and it just keeps going up and up every day. My coworker, who was like a little bit of an anti-vaxer, like he got vaxxed. He was like, "Screw it. I I need to do it." I've seen the people that have done it. They have way more freedom because of it, and he got vaxxed. So Canada do better. And I get, I get, it's probably a lot to do with they just don't have the vaccine, just you know, buzzing around like we do in America. But I just that's not my problem. That's not my problem. My only problem is that there's no fans in the stands. Figure that out. That's just, it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, Yeah. Montreal down 3 nothing in this game. Brennan Gallagher is pissed. He just is slamming his stick. Rightfully so. 20 seconds left. Oh, they're in the second period. I blew that, by the way. They're in the second period. Yeah, this is, Toronto's going to go up 3-1 here. Yep, they're going to go up 3-1, and they'll probably eliminate the Canadians in game five. So good for the Maple Leafs for getting it done without John Tavares. That hit was crazy, by the way. I was watching that. Again, this is me just talking about how bad of a driver I am, basically. don't If you, if you find a 2017 Kia Optima on the road, stay away from it because it's probably me driving, and I drive like an idiot. I mean, I'm, I'm on my phone way too much when I drive, okay? I'm I'm calling myself out. This is a moment of personal reflection. When I get in the car, I get on my phone way too much. And my friend Below sent me an Instagram. Uh, it was the John Tavares video of him f- basically fainting after being tried to be held up by his trainer. And it that was such a scary video for me to watch. I get kind of like I get really lightheaded when I watch people in that kind of a pain, that kind of uncontrollable and. Uh, just unpredictable kind of pain. I start to like, I get lightheaded when I see that. And to watch that video, I had to pull off on the side of the road and take like an extra 60 seconds to just solidly breathe. Forget about that. What I saw, like it was, that was insane for me. And then, and then I watched, I actually went back and watched the, the video of him getting clipped in the face by Corey Perry's knee. And they just, I don't know, man. Hockey is a crazy sport. Like, things can happen really fast. Things can turn south really fast. And it's just, that's just part of the game. And it's just, it's really scary. It really is. That was a really scary thing to watch. But I'm glad he's okay. It's crazy to me that they're even talking about him coming back. 
that's insane. But hey, that's what hockey players do, baby. That's that's why we love this game, man. And I love that even though this is happening in May and the NBA playoffs are going on, Phil Mickelson's winning the PGA Championship. You still got people tweeting out hockey playoffs are some of the best. It's the best postseason. I love that. That every time I see a tweet from that, especially if it's from a member in media. The, uh, a media member that does not cover hockey primarily when I see that like Pat McAfee tweeted that out I'm just like a little bit just like yeah he's right it is baby it is and it's such a fun sport it's such a great TV I'm so happy to see where this is going to go in the future Um, yeah just to wrap up the other series Colorado they beat St. Louis Colorado man they had injury issues all year they had injury issues all year. Nathan McKinnon missed a lot of games, but he's buzzing right now. And I got I'm I'm gonna say it again. I got money on Colorado to win the Stanley Cup. Ten guapos to win seventy guapos. That's it's pretty solid. Pretty good reason to keep rooting them on. They're silently slicing through the Western Conference. That was a really good team in St. Louis, at least a really hot team down the stretch. I wasn't worried about them, but I, I didn't expect it to be a sweep. They sweeped him. They sweeped him. Colorado buzzing. And, you know, the series that everybody's looking forward to is Colorado and, and Vegas, but Minnesota just keeps getting it done, man. Minnesota's not making it easy. And that's what it was all year. You know, there was a gap. There was there was Colorado, Vegas, and Minnesota. And then there was a gap between Minnesota, St. Louis, and, and Arizona, and the Kings, and so on. And those, you know, Minnesota's proven that, hey, they, they they can make, they can cause some damage, man. They're playing with a lot of heart and good for them, man. Honestly, good for them. Maybe, the, I think the Oilers are probably looking at Cam Talbot and saying, and we might have given up on that guy too early. Remember, he was the guy that took them deep into the second round with the Ana, in the series against the Anaheim Ducks in 2017. That was a great series, by the way. Electric series. That was back when the Oilers. You know what the Oilers did? They didn't bring back Royal Blue. Why did they go dark blue? I don't like. The, I don't. I don't like the dark blue. I like. I like the Royal Blue and Orange. And granted, I went to Orange High School, so that was our colors. So you know, I love that. Uh oh, they. Oh, Nashville's up one nothing. Uh oh, was that a high stick? Sorry, I'm just seeing the. I just you know ran a ran a Buckeye show and now I'm just doing the podcast. I haven't seen the highlights. Nashville, yep, yep, they're up one nothing. Here we go, first period. Oh, they get one back. Carolina gets one back. Vegas, how about them tying the series up two two? That was like if any series was going to be a sweep, I for sure thought it'd be that one. Tara Vinen, he's nasty. Coming down the right wing, can they? Oh. Yakov Trenin. Yakov Trenin. Yes, he gets a goal. That's awesome. That's awesome for him. Two goals. He's got two. He had the first one. That's sick. Good for that guy. Good for that dude. Good for Nashville. Here we go. Second period start. Preds up 2 1. That's what you like to see. They're buzzing, snapping it around now. And it goes right in there. All right. Time to get out of here. I'm freaking tired, man. I'm still working two jobs. Um,. But I'm almost done. I'm getting married in July. The first two weeks before my wedding in July, I'm I'm going down to just one job, and I'm so looking forward to it. I'm going to do more videos, do more just stupid stuff. You guys like the stupid stuff. You do. You may think you don't.
but you like the stupid stuff. I know what clicks with you guys. Not all the stupid stuff. You guys don't like all the stupid stuff, but you like a good chunk of it. I'm going to keep pumping that out. Maybe I'll get Tommy back. I don't know, man. Tom's a busy guy, too. So you just never know with him. Carolina, they're on the doorstep. UC Saros, though, he comes in clutch. Big save. Big, big, big save. All right, time to get out of here. I love you guys. I would, I would just, I would do, I would hang out with you guys. I'd drink beer with all you guys. Canadian, you, you Canadians out there, we have a good, good, good following from Canada on Twitter. I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to like tear down your country, man. I just, you know, it's more about how many L's America takes. And it's the, the, the tweet was more about how much better of a job the United States is doing right now with the vaccines than Canada is. And I, and I don't know why, but it's just, it's just a fact. And I, again, nothing you guys can really do about it. Nothing one individual in Canada can do about it. Just as a whole, America better at vaccines, better at sports right now, right now, you know, and like the last 30 years, not a big deal, but like no Canadian team has won a Stanley cup. I don't think it'll be this year. I hope it's not this year because you guys can't even put freaking fans to watch it happen. I'd hate for that to happen in front of no fans in front of a bubble hockey. That would be horrific. I hope that doesn't happen, but if it does, I guess good for you, but no way it does. Honestly, like, yeah. Um, the sound of your own